Welcome to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. I'm your host, Elise Peck, best-selling author on the topic of love, personal one-on-one love and life coach. And today, something a bit different, we're speaking to Fran Garten, um, who helps people to live pain-free. And she's had her own journey with pain. And we talk about that in the context of her 18-year relationship with her husband. So this is a podcast collecting love stories. Of course, my angle is always let's hear the love story and and how you've managed to stay in love and together and and functioning um, through all the seasons. And today we have Fran on the podcast speaking about, yeah, a lot lot of different stuff. There's a lot in here. We cover a lot. We do have how they met at the start. we have a discussion on the energy of surrender and feminine energy there and then we move through uh, and we talk different things about relationships about what is what is healthy hard unhealthy hard about you know lessons um, that we're both learning and working on in relationship about how to do conflict uh, what we've learned about about best ways to do conflict um and then we, we also move through later on and talk about boundaries and growth and mindset and perspective and how when you evolve, that might impact people in your life uh, and, and the various sort of discussion around that. Um, yeah, and, and we also talk about really, you know, the different chapters of relationships and the commitment of being for better or for worse and taking the long view and the power of zooming out, changing a perspective, changing a mindset. And Fran also has um, some freebies, which I've put some links to in in the podcast notes. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, in the notes section or the caption, you'll see um, some links there of how to get in contact with Fran, how to work with her, how to find out how she helps people to live pain-free, about her four-week course, about her coaching. Um, yeah, so have a look at that and, uh, and enjoy, enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. I'm your host, Elise Peck, and today I'm really excited to be speaking with Fran Garten. Fran is a number one best-selling author, speaker, body-positive personal trainer, pain reduction coach, and fibromyalgia warrior. She teaches people to live pain-free. Her passion is advocating for inclusive movement practices, body acceptance, stress reduction, and learning to love movement. She enjoys volunteering with donkeys, playing with kittens, cross-stitching, and having dance parties. Meet Fran and get ready to end your pain forever. So I'd love to welcome onto the podcast, Fran. Welcome, Fran. Thank you for having me, Elise. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. And I appreciate your patience this morning as there's been a couple of things happening on behind the scenes. So just want to acknowledge Fran for that. Uh, today with Fran, we're speaking about her relationship with her husband, who I just found out she's been with for 18 and a half years, married 17. So I would love to, to start the ball rolling by asking Fran, what is your favorite thing about being in this relationship with your husband? It's mm, an interesting question. Uh, my favorite thing is, oh my God, just one. Um, <laughs> we have a... <laughs> Yeah, um, we tolerate each other. I'm going to say that's my favorite thing because we're not perfect human beings. Some days I like to think that I am, but I'm not. And then some days I think he thinks that he is, but he's not. And so I think just the and I and I use the word tolerate like very loosely and not in a negative connotation. We we recognize that we have our faults. We recognize we have good days and bad days and we just kind of try to roll with the punches and if it's a bad day it's a bad day and we just kind of let it go we don't hold on to stuff i love that so you sort of accept each other as you are yeah accept rather than tolerate yeah accept is better word beautiful all right i would love to go all the way back 18 and a half years ago and ask what was your mindset like um right before you met your husband were you looking for love no so so interesting thing and and maybe this is why i wanted to be on the podcast originally i met my husband we had a mutual friend and he was with somebody else 
my my now husband and I was with somebody else and we had met at this mutual friend um his partner was having a baby so there was a baby shower and that's where we had originally met the very first time and then that was it and we both went on our ways and we had these other relationships I was engaged to somebody the other person that I was with I did not end up marrying that person and um and then years later we got reintroduced uh, by another mutual friend and at the time I was not looking for love because I had gotten out of uh, almost five-year relationship engagement and that had kind of it, it, it wasn't anything bad it just we weren't a good match and we just kind of decided that it wasn't gonna work out and so I definitely was not looking for love that's for sure and when I met my husband it was just fun hanging out nothing serious we I didn't think that I would marry him well that, no I should correct myself I knew when I met him that I was gonna marry him oh, but you knew you knew at the original meeting the original meeting no 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 when we re when we re-met again the, uh, years later um I was like oh he's the one for me but I really wasn't looking for anything and I remember um my, one of my really good friends she she had said to me when I had gone out with my husband for the first time he had, it took me for dinner and uh, she said to me oh my gosh you're dating him I'm like I'm not dating him she goes well of course you're dating him I'm like we we're not dating she goes well did you go out for dinner I'm like yeah did he pick you up yes did he pay yes was he polite yes so you were on a date I'm like I wasn't on a date there wasn't so I remember talking to my husband afterwards and I said so like a couple days later I'm like so did we have a date he goes yeah we went out on a date I'm like we did and he's like yeah so I had to call my friend back and I'm like so remember when I said I wasn't on a date with this guy and she's like yeah I go it was a date of course it was a date she said I'm like well I didn't really think so because I wasn't really looking for anything oh, I anyway. so you thought you thought you were just building a friendship with this guy yeah, so just hanging out you know whatever like I was not it, my mindset was not really looking for something because I had gotten out of this relationship that I thought I was going to be in and it didn't turn out so I was like ugh, I don't ugh, I'm going to be alone forever that's what I thought I'm going to be alone forever I'm an old person like I didn't meet my husband when did we get married 2005 so 81 91 2001 so I was like 34 33 when I met him almost 34 when I met him so it was interesting because at that time it's really I don't know I think it's hard to meet people sometimes when you're older and where do you meet people like you know it's I, I don't know I, I I say now if I were if I weren't with him I'd just be single because I don't know how to do all the things that people do now with dating and the tinder and the swiping left and the, I have no idea what that means I don't know any of that stuff so I'd have to just be alone so thank goodness I have a husband I don't have to worry about that right now Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. So basically you've had this breakup and you're 33 and you think, well, I'm 33 that I was going to be getting engaged. I'm not, that wasn't the one. So then I'm, so I'm just going to, you know, get good at being solo now. Like that's, I'm sort yeah. of work out and that's that. And, um, and then you're, so, I mean, one of the things that I, one of my main theories is that love shows up for you when you're in the energy of surrender, when mm -hmm. you're let go when you're not looking but you're just living for you you're just living because doing that thing would feel good to me not because if I do that I might look hot or I might be attractive it's just that would feel like something fun to do for me as a single mm -hmm. woman um and so this is kind of it's a playing into that a little bit um well a lot <laughs> and yep. so you've had this breakup you've let go and how 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 are you ending up on this it wasn't a date was a date was a date uh, situation was that because you thought you were building up a friendship so had you been building up the friendship in the meantime or did you as a single person just think well I'll make friends that's why I'll start talking to your actual the guy who is actually your husband how are you how are you even in the vicinity of asking of, of going out on a dinner for a dinner yeah so yeah I was just kind of like he's fun he, he makes me laugh he's a nice guy he's a cutie sure I'll hang out with him and I wasn't really um, I think part of it too was he I had already been out of my long-term relationship and he was getting out of his and so in my mind I was like oh it's, it's a little messy right so I don't really 
I can't really do that. So I was in the mindset of it's just going to be fun. We're just going to do whatever. If we date or whatever happens, happens. And I'm not thinking too much about planning for the future. Like that's not what I was thinking about. And I was just thinking about this is the person that's here. I enjoy spending time with him. We have fun together. Let's just do that. And there was no really, even though I said earlier, I knew that I was going to be with him really like right away. Um, it still wasn't a thought in my mind. Like I wasn't planning the future. I wasn't thinking about the future um, with him. I was just trying to enjoy whatever was happening between us and if that it went. It's like so feminine energy. It's so I'm being with the process. I am not, I'm just, I'm, I'm being for the enjoyment of it. So we all have masculine and feminine. And the, the masculine in us is like, there's a goal and I'm running towards it. And the feminine is like, well, I'm just going to be with what is. I'm going to just let the, pro I'm going to enjoy the process of unfolding. And uh, and I love that there's this kind of, um, there's a surrendered energy in there. Uh, but also a quiet knowing like your, like your soul is like, okay, you don't want something. And also we know, <laughs> we know there's a connection here. Um, yeah. So you were feeling you had this sensation of wow this really feels like my kind of my life partner and also uh i'm exhausted from what i've just been through let, let it, let's just have a good time <laughs> yes that's exactly what it was it's funny because you know I, i've never i haven't really talked about this really um so when you think of when you say that about feminine energy i'm a i'm a virgo and so i'm a very grounded person and like like really grounded and like you said, this is the goal go for it make a plan don't let like feminine energy to me is very difficult but now that you say that and i'm thinking about it i'm like yeah it really was feminine energy that i was in because i really was kind of like well whatever happens happens and uh, I remember this, the friend of mine who said that we were on the date, she's like, well, when are we going to meet him? And so I was like, well, I don't, okay, well, you can meet him on the weekend kind of thing. And we all went out and she's like, oh, he's so amazing and we love him and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa slow down. Like, just <laughs> remain calm. Like, nothing is going to happen. Like, just, oh, yes, yes, this is the person and you're going to be with him and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, that's not what's going to happen. It's just, it's nothing serious. That's what um, I had said to her. And then, well, here we go. So, oh, I love it. So, it's later. like the was like the one time that you weren't your usual kind of intentional, strategic, forward, future pl planning. It was like life had brought you to your knees in a way. And so you just fully let go. Um, but this was not a, a usual state for you to exist in. You usually were the kind of very grounded, very thought mm -hmm. intentional. I love it. I love it. And has he shared with you what his, uh, like what his first impression of you was, whether it's the first one or whether it's, you know, this, this one where you actually are becoming a couple, has he ever shared what, what drew him to you or what his, how he ended up chatting, being in, in your world, reaching out to you, talking to you and saying, let's go for dinner. What was going on for him? We just, I think he was in a place as well. Like he had, his relationship that he was in had ended and um, it was, <laughs> this is very interesting to share this information. He was with her and they, she was still living there because she didn't have a job and she didn't, have a place to go. And so he's a very kind person. And he was like, truly, he's like, you can just stay here until you kind of get everything off the ground and, and you're ready to go and you get a job and all that kind of stuff. And don't worry about it. There's a two bedroom apartment. Everything was fine. And, and I was really, I was hesitant because I was kind of like, this is messy, man. Like if she's there, then this is not going to work. And it's just not like, even though, cause at that point I was starting to think, like I was realizing that I had real feelings for him. Like I had fallen in love with him. And um, I remember we had had a, an argument about her and I was at his place and I was like, I can't, I, I just, I can't do this. I, I can't. If she's, and she, I, like I never saw her. She wasn't there, but she was still physically there. Right. And um, so that day I just kind of, I, I can't. And we had this argument about her and he's like, well, I can't just throw her out. Like, and I'm like, why not? <laughs> because, and I mean, I'm not that kind of person, but you have to think you're in this relationship and I'm, and I'm feeling what I'm feeling towards him. And I'm thinking there can't be this X that's there because 
when exes are around, it causes trouble. And, you know, they're exes for a reason. I believe that people are exes for a reason. I don't wish anything bad to them, but I also don't want them necessarily in my life. That's just my perspective, right? So I felt a little uncomfortable. So we had this big argument about her. And I remember I remember this so vividly. I, I left. I'm like, I got to go. And I walked out of the apartment. He followed me. So he was living, I think, on the 16th floor or something. So I left and he didn't come right after me. And um got in the elevator and i went downstairs and i'm walking out to the parking lot to my car and he's calling my name and i'm like what and so he comes running over to me he's like you can't leave and i'm like i'm leaving you can't i love you you're not going anywhere we need to be together and i was like what and that was the first time that he had said he loved me and so we had had this argument and i'm like well i love you too and he's like then what are we doing i'm like i don't know and it was just this very bizarre it sounds like a movie now that i'm saying it out loud it was very weird but then we kind of talked it out and we're like okay i said i i need there to be a plan that she's gonna be leaving yeah. like that yeah. is important for me and he's like yep that's fine and so then that's what happens that he talked to her and they had a plan and i think within a few weeks she was gone and that was the end of that and so then we just carried on our merry way yeah. beautiful i love that i love yeah i mean it's um it's interesting I, i've been on both sides of the equations in in terms of coaching people um people that have been separating from a partner while co-parenting, while still, and we figure out together how to get them to live peacefully together. Right. Um, and so I get that perspective. And then I also have been on the other end of saying to almost the same people, okay, but when you're dating, it's probably really not, you know, like a, um, at some point you're going to need to actually sever that connection because it's sort of, it, it's filling, it's filling a spot. It, it's kind of yeah. it's not fully available for romantic love if you have this entanglement of you know it's not like a roommate because you've got all this history and uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's it's a very interesting one i love that you've brought that to life and given life to that dynamic and i think um yeah it's someone that they've been intimate with they've been in love with <laughs> yeah like right yeah and it's interesting because we don't like yeah and i get what you're saying like if if it's a relationship and there's kids involved well of course there like i mean i think that that's a different situation like we don't have kids there's no there's no there's no even not even co-pets that are involved in this relationship right so it's not a matter of they have to maintain a relationship right Whereas when there's children involved then that's a different story like absolutely i i, I truly believe that you have to find a way to coexist now that being said if it's an abusive situation or things like that obviously no but if the person is fine okay and normal and not there's no danger to anybody then yeah you have to figure out how to co-parent like you can't just cut them off they're they're the parent of your children like they ha they are in your life forever right but when it's when there's no connection then yeah there has to be um some kind of ending to it um so it was an interesting time I totally hear and I love that you brought that this topic onto the podcast because it's kind of you know it's really displaying what we all know which is that life and love is messy and and love can strike at the most unexpected times and in the most inconvenient ways mm -hmm. um and, and and that's just it and I love hearing how other people have navigated through it because it helps people that are maybe in the murk or they're thinking it needs to be perfect or this or they're giving it a meaning um, that they don't need to give it to hear, you know, how someone else has, has traveled through it. It reminds me of that Rumi quote, um, the lover has no choice. It's like that when you know, you know. And mm -hmm. so if it's meant to be, you'll the connection will inspire you both to figure out the way through um, the complicated the complicated stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I love that. So he so how far in was this when you had your your de declaration to each other? Very dramatic. Like like together like how long had we been it was only a, f a few months it was very fast yeah. Yes. yeah it was very fast and then we moved in together a few months later and then the following year he proposed and then we got married so from when we were like dating to living together to married was i guess about a year and a half total but I think too, it's interesting because he and I have talked about this and, and we've all, we both agree. If we had, if we had both been single, that original meeting at that baby shower, if we had both been single at that time, there's no way we would have stayed together. Oh, interesting. Because I was we were different people. We were, 
like so many things have happened like the person that i was engaged to he was he's an awesome person um he didn't it was nothing we didn't do anything he didn't do anything to me i didn't do it like it just kind of fizzled out he just wasn't the one for me and um so through that process that five-year period and then after not being with him and then just sort of going okay well i'm gonna live my life and i'm gonna do things for me and be happy and make the choices that i want for me and whatever happens happens and not worry about a partner like that's just like i said i was kind of like i'm gonna be single forever and that's fine like it wasn't sad i was like that's the way it is and um so i learned a lot of things i learned a lot about myself i learned a lot about what i want in a relationship what i think um what i can give in a relationship and i think that like i said my husband and i have talked about this if we had originally both been single when we had first been introduced at that baby shower we may have dated i don't think that we would have but who knows um but i don't think that we'd still be together i find because we were different people then very different people so timing is important, you think. It's not just a matter of there's a soulmate and we'll cross paths, but it's like you've got to be in the mindset, ready, have done certain things to be available for the kind of relationship that you want. Oh, absolutely. Because honestly, whether you're married or not, um, relationships are hard. It doesn't matter whether you're married or you're just cohabiting or whatever. And I don't mean just in that it's not so important because I don't think marriage is necessary. Um, I didn't want to get married. He did. Oh. There's all these interesting things that, yes, I was just like, I didn't really care. I was like, if you want to get married, we can get married. And he's like, I want to get married. I'm like, okay. I didn't really care. I was like, we can live together forever. Um, so, um, yeah, I think you just kind of, relationships are hard. And so if you don't have the right mindset, if you're not ready for it, because you have to do work, even if you have a good relationship, you still have to do work because you have really crappy days. And there are days that like, I'm telling you, man, like today was a day for me. I, I don't know what I wasn't feeling good the past couple days. I, I said to my husband this morning, I have a question. So maybe you can answer this for me, Elise, or maybe your, your listeners know this answer. Does it, when you go, when you have a shower and then you hurt your back in the shower, showering, does this mean that you're old? Is that the sign that you've become old? Because that's what happened to me today. So by the time I got out of the shower, I'm like, oh my God. And my husband's like, what is happening? I'm like, I don't, I'm an old lady. And he goes, okay, yeah, yeah, I know that. But what happened? And I said, well, I hurt my back in the shower. And he's like, doing what? I'm like, showering. And he goes, well, like, what? other things happening i'm like no i was showering wash my hair you know like i didn't even shave my legs like i didn't even bend over like i didn't do anything fancy i just showered washed got out and then i hurt my back and so um anyway <laughs> i don't even know where i was going with that story but, oh my uh how i was feeling so past two days not feeling well then today i hurt my back and i i have to say today i was like a dragon man i was like Wah! and my husband was like just please don't be angry with me because you don't feel good. I'm like, I know, but I don't feel good. <laughs> and he's like, okay, but being grumpy with me is not making you feel better. It's just making me feel bad. I'm like, fine. And then we just, <laughs> just, I just leave. So I sometimes, you know, I think part of a relationship is knowing when you need to step away and not say anything else. Just and then just go and if you have to you know my, my little dragon she's really angry and she's grumpy and so we went upstairs and we vacuumed so i felt good after i vacuumed <laughs> it's so funny because often um when my husband and i have conflict he probably both of us but mainly he'll he'll start cleaning <laughs> My husband was cooking like a like a serious fiend in the kitchen. He's doing all meal prep today. And he's like, I'm like, you got to get stuff done. And we're going to run out of time. And he's like, I'm getting stuff done. And I, I, you know, the Virgo in me comes out sometimes. Like it truly, the organized, I'm like, you, you did the stuff in the wrong order. He goes, it all has to get done. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I have finite energy. You got to put it in a particular order. Because then if you run out of energy, all the really important things have gotten done. And he's like, that's not how it works. I'm like, it is. So brains work a little differently. The prioritizing is a little bit different. So he, but he, he was lovely and he did meal prep and he made me soup. And I mean, he's a good person, even though I was grumpy today. So that's he so me. I love that. I love, yeah. Something that um, recently my husband and I were, we're doing this attachment boot camp, which is we've been told we have secure attachment, um, but because this is like my, my whole 
my whole thing is relationships. I'm always looking for that next level and going deeper and everything. Um, so I'm doing this attachment boot camp at the moment. Mainly, I want to know. I want to know what the attachment specialist knows. I had him on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Episode 29. And I, like, I want to know: is there anything I've missed? Is there anything that this attachment specialist knows? So I'm doing this thing, and we're doing some of the exercises, and one of them is to write out our needs. Um, and we're going through the needs, and one of my husband's main needs is when you're upset with me, can you stop at the point where you're sharing them why you're upset and how you're feeling? Can you stop there before you get to the point where then you flip and start saying, uh, because because of you, and then you start blaming and attacking me. I'm like, yes, fair enough. Like, that's a toxic trait. Yeah. <laughs> and so I am, um, I'm working on that at the moment of just, how can I just share I'm feeling, I need, I'm upset yeah. and not make that like personal responsibility and like let him invite him into helping me with the emotion rather than making him feel responsible for the emotion uh in a sense so i totally relate to that moment of (laughs) i was a dragon and he said to me yes but can you not be upset with me i think you know um that is such a common scenario uh there was a question i wanted to ask that's it I had someone on the podcast who had been out in an abusive relationship and then she is now in a safe one. And she said that something that is very, very important to her is that, and I wanted to take it on board and move forward with this feat, with this thing, which I think was a great point, which was that everyone says relationships are hard. They're hard, they're hard. She's like, I wish people had been more clear about, but what's, what's the hard parts and what's healthy hard, what's abusive hard. She's like, because a lot of people are stuck in an actually abusive situation. And then they hear, oh, it's hard, it's hard. So they start to think, oh, no, this is just normal. I should just stay. This is just relation. Everyone's saying relationships are hard. So as we're saying it's hard, I'm aware I can hear that voice in the background from her episode of thinking, yeah, but think about the people that are listening and their hard is probably not the kind of hard that they should keep pushing through. any insights on what is the type of hard that we that is we can expect in relationships and what is the work and what is the what is beyond the work oh my god this is the hardest podcast i've ever been on oh my gosh Julie. no sorry it's no it's fine it's fine no i think i think when we yeah i i, I get your point i think she's totally right yeah because it, i think the hard thing and is exactly what your husband said and exactly what happened today it's like you yelling at me or you getting upset at me is not making any difference it's just making me angry and then we're just gonna fight all day and so i think the hard part is that to to realize that we need to take ownership of what we do and i and it's you know it's a work in progress and i do it some days i'm awesome some days i'm like yep I'm a terrible, I did this and I need to apologize and I shouldn't have said that or done that or whatever. But um, some days I don't recognize that and I'm just irritated, you know? And so I think that's the hard part is that we take ownership of what happened and our role in whatever the situation may be. But it doesn't make us a bad person. It doesn't make us, you know, someone's not going to judge you. Well, I, I maybe they will. Um, but hopefully they won't and they'll see it from the perspective, okay, maybe you're having a hard time or maybe, you know, I, I, because of my fibro, um, my energy is finite. So it doesn't regenerate itself. Like for someone who doesn't have fibromyalgia, if you're tired, you can go sit down, you can take a nap, you can take a time out, whatever. And then you kind of get refreshed. That's not really what happens with someone that has fibromyalgia or some kind of chronic pain. You're just always in pain. Like you're just always tired. Now, I don't have a lot of pain. So for me, so this is interesting for me because when I was at the height of my pain, it was, I was just grumpy all the time. Now that I don't have pain, when I do have it, it also feels like, how it used to feel and so it's kind of being aware i think that's the hard part too just being aware of what are you doing what are you saying what are your triggers what are things that you know make you feel a particular way and that i think sometimes that's connected i mean that's connected to how we were raised right what relationships we saw how we 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 internalize those things right if our parents or people around us had good relationships or they didn't right that's our normal like someone who has a terrible relationship or people who are in abusive relationships that's their normal right they grew up that way so that's normal for them they don't they don't know or they can't get out of it right like there's i mean i'm not an expert on on abusive relationships um i've been very fortunate to not have been in one um ever so 
you you just navigate based on what you know and if you don't know any better you know you do what you know right and so i think that's part of the hard part about the relationship is that you know we can easily go back to how we were that's the mindset piece right i can just go back to how i was but that's not going to help my relationship it's not going to move us forward it's not going to make us um a stronger couple uh we talk about stuff um sometimes i need to have space when I'm upset. That's a hard thing. I also like to talk about stuff. My husband doesn't really as much as I do. That's a hard thing. So there are a lot of little pieces that make something hard, but it's more in the moment as opposed to all the time. I don't think it's all the time that it's hard. It's when something happens or there's a trigger or there's, you know, I'm tired and I'm sick and then I'm grumpy. Okay, that's a moment. It's not all the time like that. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. Thanks for that. So it's about the hard part is about minding your own mindset and taking your own accountability, knowing your own energy, your own limits. It's about managing how you're showing up. That That's the hard part, um, which is as distinct from relationships where it's hard because the other person is kind of always trying to trigger you on purpose, <laughs> right? I, I, I would say the massive difference is um, in abusive relationships you have kind of uh, often you have sadistic or Machiavellian intent you have people that are literally trying to figure out uh, you know what upsets you and then and then push the button that people are literally trying to push the button and so you're having to over deal with yourself because you don't have a team player you have an antagonist mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's the difference is it's hard because your own stuff is going to come up and you'll have to feel courageous enough to be vulnerable, courageous enough to have the hard conversation. You'll have to know your limits when it's time to say, I'm dysregulated. Nothing good is going to come from this conversation while I'm in this state. I need to pause and I will circle back to you. Um, as soon as I'm feeling calm again, I'll let you know. Uh, that's that, This is the kind of hard, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to make it sort of clear for anyone listening. But if, if the hard is oh my gosh, he keeps attacking or triggering me or commenting on my weight or something like that's clearly um, like, well, yeah, you're meant to be triggered by by that. Uh, so it's it, it, the healthy relationships, we're accidentally hurting each other and then we're having to figure it out. Uh, the abusive relationships, there's almost like an intent to harm. Um, yeah, like gaslighting is on purpose, manipulation is on purpose. Like These are the things. So... I would just, that's that's my, my take on just to be distinct when we're talking about what is hard. Mm. Uh, there is hard and then there's hard. And I just wanted to be clear on the kind of hard that we're talking about. So thanks for mm. joining that conversation with, with me, friend. Um, yes. So as someone that has, when you met, when you met um, your husband, did you have any of this fibromyalgia pain, chronic sort of illness pain going on? Um, and do you have any tips on um, when when you do have this thing that is constantly making it harder for you to just feel in a state of joy? Because you you have you found anything that's helped you navigate relationships while while being um, in pain? Is there anything that you've learned along the way? You have so there's a couple things. One, unless you have chronic pain you don't understand how the person feels so it's something to be mindful of is that even though this is something my husband used to say this and it used to irritate me this and now remember this is years ago when i was in the height of my pain like i was 15 out of 10 on a daily basis like i i lived on advil and and gravel like and that's all i did and um when someone says, yeah, I understand how you feel. Or, yeah, I have pain too. You just want to punch them in the face. Like, honestly, you want to punch them in the face because you're like, you just don't, it's not the same. It's just not the same because you're living and, and it's not the pain. It's the exhaustion of not being able to sleep, of not ever feeling rested. Like people that have fibro or 
other kinds of chronic pain, you wake up tired, like you're exhausted. Like my day hasn't started, I'm already exhausted. I don't know how I'm gonna get through the day. So when, when people say that, they don't understand. So that's one thing that I would say, people say that they understand and they're trying to say nice things to you to try and make you feel better or support you or be sympathetic or compassionate and it just irritates you. <laughs> like that's the truth. And to kind of just be mindful of, they're not doing it to make you feel bad. They're not, they're trying to be compassionate. They just don't understand what it's like. So that's something to, you know, that I've had to be aware of. Because I don't live in pain now, it's different how than how it used to be. Um, I think you need to talk to your partners, your family members, your friends um, about how you're feeling. And I think that many people that have chronic pain, I did this for a very long time. Um, I talk about my pain now um, and what I went through, but many people don't talk about it. They just, they're ashamed, they're, they're afraid, they're embarrassed, and they lie. So I said this on a podcast actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, so if I were going to do something with you, and we had plans, and then I just was in so much pain that I couldn't go, I would say to you, I'm sick. Because the response is very different. So with many people, and this is my experience, I'm not generalizing, I'm just saying how I ex lived it. Um, if I would say, well, my pain is really bad for my fibro, I can't come, I can't go out with you at least, we have to reschedule. And people will be like, well, just take an Advil, like what's the big deal? But if I say to you, I'm sick, people are like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Oh, can I do anything for you? So it's a very different reaction. So many people that have chronic pain, they lie, they're like, I'm sick. Or they lie and they go, I'm fine. They push through or they just make an excuse that will be acceptable to the person that they have to cancel with or reschedule or they don't have to show up. And so it's very different um, in my life now because I talk about my fibro and I'm like, I'm, I've, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm not going anywhere. And now that people around me sort of understand that a little bit better, they're much more receptive. And, and that comes to the understanding. They didn't really understand because I didn't really talk about it. So I think that that is a really important thing. You need to talk about it and you do need to take care of yourself because ultimately, and this is what I tell my clients all the time, you can push through as much as you want. There's no, there's no prize, okay? If you push through, there is no reward, there's no medal, there's no million dollar check at the end. You just push through, right? So don't push through. And the thing is, if you do that, what's the next two or three days or a week going to look like for you? And you just keep pushing through. And then finally you get to the point where you've, you, you, you've had enough, like you're, you're done. You can't do anymore and you check out. So you're going to check out on your family because you've just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and toughing it out. No, you have to take care of yourself. And I think that that's really important because if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't be in this relationship fully because I, I'm not fully me. I'm not even taking care of my needs. How can I take care of the needs of my partner or my kids or family members or whoever, coworkers, whoever is in my life because I'm not taking care of me. So it really is important to acknowledge and really accept how important you are to yourself and your life and then to everybody else that you're in their life, right? So your partner needs you, your kids need you. So you need to take care, you need you, you need to take care of yourself. And I think many people that are in a situation of chronic pain and dealing with things like that, they just don't. And, um, or they do and it doesn't work. They try something, it doesn't work and then it's just like, oh, forget it, I give up. I can't push through anymore. I can't try one more thing. Um, because everybody's pain is different. Everybody's situation is different. There are lots of factors. You know, I talk a lot about dealing with pain. There are a lot of things that cause pain. It's physical is one small thing that causes pain. And you know, as a coach with all your clients that you deal with, emotions cause pain. Negative relationships cause pain. Stress causes pain. Like it's not just an injury or like an overuse thing. It's not just mechanics right? It's a lot of other components. Food, inflammation causes pain, right? So there's a lot of other things. So I would say to people that are listening, and if you're going through pain, you, I would recommend, I would suggest look into pain. What causes your pain? And that's where, you know, what are your triggers? 
What are the things that cause flares in your body? What causes you to... Every single person that I have met has a spot on their body that when they feel stressed or overwhelmed or they just can't take it anymore or something happens negative, they have a spot in their body that they will feel that emotion. Mine is my lower back on the right-hand side. And there are days that I'm like, nothing has happened, right? That I'm cognitive, that I'm aware of, okay? And I'm just going through and all of a sudden I get this pain in my right low back and I, and I literally stop myself now and go, hmm, what's causing me stress? And there's nothing that happened to, that would, would indicate that there's stress, but in some way, whether it's just a thought process or something has happened or I'm going to see somebody that might cause that, that pain shows up in my right low back. And then I got to go, oh, okay, there's something happening with stress, whether it's just I'm worried about something or, you know, something is coming or I'm thinking about the future. Something has happened to cause that pain. So figure out where you're, where you feel it in your body and then dig into what is the source of that because it's not physical i've been like i said i could be doing nothing and then all of a sudden i have that pain i'm like oh man something's happening there's something or something's coming right something with this something wicked this way comes isn't that the name of the book right so um yeah just be mindful of what your triggers are what's happening and how you're living your life because that makes a difference in your relationship. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a really, really amplified and intense way of um, learning how to be really in touch with yourself and know yourself and care for yourself. Like, um, what I'm taking away from what you're saying is get into the body, get to know yourself, take care of yourself. And then essentially it all starts with you taking care of yourself, knowing yourself, being aware of your triggers, being aware of your stress points, um, caring enough about yourself to do something about it. And then that is going to help you to show up um, still in relationships because something you said was negative relationships can cause pain. And I, I thought, oh, that could be a really difficult spiral. I'm in pain, negative relationship goes negative. Now I'm in more pain than... And uh, something that came up was like, oh, that would be like, how would someone avoid that, that they get this pain? How do you stop everyone in your life just from disappearing? Because you're now this grouch. Like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, how do you get your cup yeah. enough that you have? Um, I mean, look, I don't want to be someone that is saying I can relate to something that I really can't relate to. Um, I do want to share the only, th I, I do try to do a version of empathy of trying to get as close to understanding someone by relating it to an experience of mine and I'm sorry if it's disrespectful to do that or if it's the wrong thing no. but what's what's coming up for me is uh I had HG hyper like a really intense form of morning sickness for five months it was very mm. hard <laughs> to even care about if I was showing up well in relationship yep I believe that five seconds <laughs> like I got nothing left to be kind and so yeah I was as you were talking wondering Oh, if I was to have that again, or if I was to have chronic pain, what could a person do to make sure they don't then destroy all their relationships? Um, because they're in so much pain. And I guess some, I mean, uh, Fran offers coaching and she offers um, a four week program. Uh, so she has offerings and I'm sure that there's a lot of depth in there about um, how you can navigate uh, being in, in so much pain. Uh, and I will link to, to those in the captions, the show notes, and Fran might want to talk about them or, or not, up to you um, in a moment. But, um, yeah, I guess what was coming up for me as I was talking is how, because I know one of the biggest things in relationships is putting goodwill in, putting gratitude in, putting, um, meeting other people's needs, and how do you keep functioning a relationship when you're kind of so, in so much pain yourself is, I guess, um, yeah, what was coming up for me, and I think you yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a valid point too, at least, and it's hard because you're not like you said when you were going through your nausea. Like I had a a thing in my life where I had vision loss and I had lots of nausea, and I can't for me nausea. 
Like, I cannot even imagine what you went through. Because, like, if I'm nauseous for, like, a day, I'm like, oh, God, I think I'm going to die. Like, it's just, it's just a horrible feeling, right? I can't even imagine how that would be for such an extended period of time. But you're right. It's really hard um, when you're in a relationship. Then how are you going to, how are you going to interact with that person to give what you can to put into that relationship, right? And I think that's part of the mindset piece too, though, is because, again, when I think about where I was many, many years ago to where I am now, my mindset was totally different. So the thought of, and I think that might be part of it, is that when you're in that relationship and you're in a state um, that you don't feel that you are worthy and deserving of compassion yourself, you can't give that to somebody else. And I think that's part of the process too, is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of pieces, right? It's not a simple thing to get to the point where you have a good relationship and you're communicating and you're, you're giving and receiving. It's not always like that, right? And depending on where you are in your life and in your journey, it could look very different than it does 10 years down the road right because it's it's a process it's always a process right you don't i don't think you i don't i don't believe that we ever come to the point where the journey's like it's over like there's always new like you were saying with your husband you're in this this program and you're leveling up your relationship and you're changing things and you're getting better and you're doing you're like oh i gotta work on that and he's gotta work on something you know you're doing that but not everybody does that right i don't think that everybody does that i think that there are people that have good relationships and thriving relationships because they work with their partner to do so. And then I think there are other people who do not. And are they happy? I don't know. Do they want more? Don't know. But if they don't do anything to make changes, then they're going to be where they are. There's not going to be any forward movement. And I think I see this sometimes with my coaching clients that they come to me and they want to, you know, work on reducing pain and work on making changes in their lives, but their partner, and this is the thing that I noticed myself when I went through my journey, not everybody will like the changes that you're making. Not everybody will like the better you because that changes everything for them. Because let's say I have a person in my life that causes me stress and then I've changed my boundaries and I'm like, no, Elise, we're not, we're not doing, like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not engaging with you on that topic anymore. We're not. And you just want to keep going. Right. And I'm just like, okay, I'm good. And I just don't participate. And for that person, like, you're like, well, what, like, normally we have this arguing and we have this situation and we have this relationship and I've changed the rules now because I'm not doing that anymore because it doesn't work for me. It's not healthy for me. And, many times it affects relationships because people you change and what you, they what you allow them to do or what you allow into your life is different now and they don't like that because they're not changing so you i think part of the relationship piece is you 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 grow as a, as a partnership you you grow and change together but i i have had people that i have coached that they're ready for the changes but their partner is not. Even though the changes are better, like it makes them a better, happier, healthier person, it changes the roles and the responsibilities and the boundaries and people don't necessarily like that. And that's something that you, that's something that you help your clients with to navigate through is as a changing, um, how to how to have the evolution even if other people aren't liking it mm -hmm. and how to you know sometimes how to how to get your partner involved like i talk a lot about inflammation because inflammation causes pain in the body and a lot of inflammation you know if you have chronic pain if you have a chronic condition food is really big what you eat impacts your gut health and that impacts everything and so if you can change what you're eating that could in many cases, reduce the pain that you are dealing with. And families don't like that. <laughs> like I, I, I work predominantly with women and when the women are like, okay, well, the mothers or whatever, caregivers are like, well, we're gonna be eating this now. The family protests a lot. And I'm like, yeah, but you have teenagers. 
they can make their own food. They can do some prepping. They can choose what they want to eat if they want to. Like you, they don't have to continue to make all the meals for them. That's the, that's the dynamic. That's the system that you've set up. And so I had a client once in her, and they, their kids had grown up and moved out. And, and at first her husband was very, very much against any of the food changes that she made. And I just said, well, you know what? Why don't you ask him to choose some things? Just give him a few guidelines of what you would like it to include or not include and let him pick. And she was like, well, he'll never do that. I said, but you haven't asked him. So why don't you suggest one, one meal a week, one night for dinner? He chooses, but give him a couple of little parameters, like maybe you want it to be gluten-free or no dairy, something like that. And then he can pick whatever he wants, as long as he meets those criteria. And she's like, okay, well, I'll ask him, but he's not going to want to, he doesn't like it. And he doesn't like change and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, just ask. All you can do is ask. And he's like, fine. And he was very reluctant, but he said, fine, I'll do it. And he, there was, there were a few words, I'm sure. Uh, it was a heated discussion, I think. But anyway, he did it. But then afterwards, he just said to her, like, he's like, oh, he goes, I didn't realize they were, what did he say? I didn't realize they were all different kinds of, what did it, I think it was cheese, if I remember. There's so many different kinds of cheese that we can get. She's like, yeah. Yeah, there's a world. There's thousands of... I didn't know that because he never did grocery shopping. He never did any of that stuff. But then he kind of... It kind of opened his mind a little bit. And then he took on two nights a week that he prepped dinner. And he picked the recipes. And then, you know, he decided that he didn't want to cook. And he's like, what if we do like a meal service? And she's like, I don't care. These are the guidelines. This is what I want you to make sure that we avoid or include. Other than that... I'm not cooking it and I just want it on the table. You do it however you want. So then he got a meal service. So two nights a week, they got a meal service. Met all of her criteria. He cooked it. He put it together. But she didn't have to do anything. And I said, just ask. All, all you can do is ask. If they say no, they say no. But sometimes if we, if we get, I think, I believe, if we give people some choices and we give people some responsibility and, and put that in their hands, that they'll then step up, right? And if you, you know this person has married you or is in a committed relationship with you, obviously they love you in some capacity. And I'm talking about healthy, not abusive relationship, but they love you. So if you were to say to them, this is, I can't do this. It's too much for me. Could you please? They will. But you have to ask. You can't just say they're going to say no before you even ask. That That's my... You know, that's kind of one of the things that's the biggest thing that my clients run into is changing food and how meal prep is done. And that's the biggest problem that they have at the beginning. And once that hurdle is over, the other changes I find generally are much easier for everybody else. Exactly. That seems to be the big one. Yeah. yeah, it's like training them to start um, knowing what they need and then communicating it, which is a real key in relationship is. You can't expect anyone to read your mind or to just know what you want. Yeah. yeah. And you can do it with like, um, you can do it with kindness. You know, uh, it doesn't have to be, you can ask in a soft, warm way while still Ooh. asking. Um, it doesn't have to go from one extreme to the other, nothing to intensely direct. It can be a compliment sandwich or whatever. It can, it can be softened. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, I think Brené Brown often talks about how, you know, um, no matter even if your voice is trembling or shaking, like still talk. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, yeah, if you can think about I, this is scary for me, um, but how can I how can I ask this need to be met in the way that's going to be most easily digested and received by the other person? Um, yeah, then. Yeah, it's more of an inter inter interdependent, I'm going to get my needs met and I'm going to articulate it in a way that uh, is making you feel included and not attacked as well. Mm -hmm. um, something that I, I have seen with clients that have been with partners that either are ill or there's something going on, um, this will be my second last question, <laughs> um, is that the fun goes away. 
the fun. It's really hard to have fun and fun and oxytocin. And often if they're not well, like sex, sex often goes away too. So the sex goes away, the fun goes away. And now we have a massive deficit of oxytocin. Uh, and I will help that client to bring in more fun and I'll give suggestions and things like this. But I'm wondering as someone who, I'm often speaking to the person who's not in pain or not sick and they're coming to me like desperate because um, they're not getting the love that they need and it's really hard for them but they understand their partner's sick and they don't know what to do because they love this partner and there's good days and bad days um, but uh, they're, they're, they're drowning themselves in a sense of loneliness because they love this person this person's kind of a shadow of what they once were. And so I, I also hear um, from the other side and something that I try to work on is how can we get more oxytocin because oxytocin bonds and how can we get fun and play? How can we invite that in? I'm wondering if you've, if you've ever thought about the concept of play or fun and if you have ever solved or, or figured out how to bring a bit more laughter into a serious chapter. Yeah, it's, you know, when I think back to when I was in the height of my pain before my diagnosis, there wasn't a lot of fun. It's true. It just does disappear. Um, I think you need to, I, for me, it's been a matter of changing my perspective on what is fun because, or what is a good time or you know what does it mean to have a good day because i think sometimes when we think about fun um it's this big this big thing it has to be a big production it doesn't have to be a big production little things can be fun playing with cats playing with my cats going for a walk sitting outside having a cup of coffee on the deck that can be fun it's not the same kind of fun like I know what you're talking about it's not a big thing but if we can kind of shift our mind into and just look at it a little bit differently and maybe broaden our definition of what is fun right and maybe in the moment or maybe at this time fun looks one way and then when that person maybe their pain has subsided or they maybe they're having a good day fun can look a little bit different and i think that that's a really important thing is what is our definition of what is fun because i think sometimes it it, it seems like it has to be a big deal it doesn't have to be a big deal it can be 10 minutes of your day put on your favorite song and have a cup of coffee or dance around or whatever you know what i mean does that make sense it's a really, yeah, yeah, it's something that has been a theme throughout your episode and it was there at the very start is this concept of acceptance, of radical acceptance, of stop wishing it was a different chapter, be in the chapter, accept the chapter, accept the situation, accept this is, this is what we're doing, accept the person, there's been an element of acceptance. I love that idea of put on some music, put on a song that bonded you when you got together, um, have a drink that you, you know, a coffee that you both um yeah, maybe just look in each other's eyes. Like, um, I love, I love that idea of of change it up, um, and and be in the season that you're in and work with what you've yeah. got. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah, this because the seasons change. Like, it doesn't matter whether you have pain or you or you're sick or whatever. It, everything changes. Like, as you go through your journey with your partner and with your family, things change. There are moments that you're like, oh, we're always together and my kids are young and we play and we do all these things. And then later on, they're teenagers and they don't necessarily want to be with you all the time, <laughs> right? But you still can have fun with them and you still can play and you still have enjoyment, but it looks different now. It's not them always wanting to be with you because they're their own people now, right? They've grown up, they have their own lives. And now instead of, and I think sometimes we look at it in the, oh, it used to be this way. We used to do this. How about we don't worry about what we used to do? How about we look about what we're going to do now? And I think that really being present in the moment now is really, really important. Perfect. So powerful. So my final question is just, is there anything that um, you wanted to share or speak about today that I haven't yet asked you about? Anything that you wanted to say on love, making love work? Uh, I mean, you've been with your husband for 18 and a half years, so obviously you know how to make love last and work, especially through such difficult chapters. Um, yeah, I guess I just want to open the floor if there's anything that I haven't asked that you wanted to talk, you share about love or any final mm, I would, Yeah, I would just say I think 
you know, your perspective needs to be there. You're there for the long haul, right? Yeah, I think that's it. So just look at it from it's it's we're here together. Like we're gonna do this journey together. Good times, bad times. It's okay. We figure we figure it out. That's my husband. And I always said we'll figure it out. We just figure it out. And some days you just figure it out. Yeah. Other days great and they no problems. But then other days you're like, oh god, how are we gonna navigate this? We'll figure it out. That's what we always say. Yeah, I love it. So it's it sounds a little bit if I've heard you correctly. Zoom out um, and try to see this chapter in the perspective of your whole relationship together, rather than just like being in this very chapter. Remember to zoom out, take a long, a long view, a long perspective, and to know that this too shall pass. Yes. Yeah, I love that, Fran. Thank you so much. Um, where can do you want me to just pop your contact details in the caption, or do you want to let people know a little bit more about where they can connect with you and work with you? Yeah, um, they can find me on Instagram. Fran Garten Pain Coach is the best place, and you can direct message me there. And um, I do. You had you had mentioned my four week program. I do have a great four week program. It's self. Well, four. I'll say four weeks. I mean, it could take you longer than four weeks to be clear. Um, but there's a lot of videos. There's worksheets, and it it ident it focuses on the four key things that I do and that I have done and I work with clients trigger identification inflammation reduction pardon me negativity management and stress reduction and those are the four pillars of what I do with my clients because I find that those are kind of four key things that everybody needs some help with and if you're dealing with pain whether you have a chronic diagnosis or not, some people just have pain and they don't know why they have it. Those four areas seem to be the ones that if you can get some tools and strategies in place, then you can really get a handle and, and reduce the pain that you're living with. And even if you don't have pain, it's a great program and it's a great way to learn some strategies and tools that you can implement that are easy. That's the thing. I, I like easy. I don't like things that are convoluted and take a lot of work i mean it's work but it's things that's manageable um so it's a great program um and you can get that on um there's a link on my uh, instagram and on my website frangartencoaching.com as well perfect thank you so much fran i really appreciate you being here sharing your wisdom your insights and giving a really uh, different perspective to one that we've had on the podcast so far um bringing up this topic of pain and and navigating relationships through that, I think it's a really important conversation. There's been a lot of wisdom and important insights there. So thank you very much. Thank you. So thanks for joining in for another episode of Love with Elise Peck. Lots of value and wisdom in there. Also a really good piece, an important piece on learning to get to know what your needs are and sharing those needs and asking for others to come to the table and, and meet meet both your and their own needs. You know, if you're over-functioning and as Fran was discussing with the teenagers, if you're over-functioning and making too much food and doing too much for everyone that they could do themselves, um, having the discussions and being able to advocate for yourself so that you don't wear yourself out because then you can't show up well for anybody if, um, if you're not taking care of yourself too. So that was a really important discussion in there too on learning to speak up and ask for your needs to be met which always starts with actually starting to ask yourself what do I need and it was really powerful that Fran talked about getting to know your own triggers notice what's going on in the sensations in your body and getting curious about yourself and figuring out well you know what does this mean this pain in my body what is it trying to teach me what is the stress that I've taken on uh, and something I really love about Fran sharing that is um, often I'll something I'll say to clients is um, try to be in your body a bit more. Get into your body, be in your body, be curious about your body. It'll just sometimes quieten down the noise in your head. If you're up in your head a lot, uh, freaking out a bit or anxious, ask yourself, what am, where am I feeling this in my body? And try to move into the sensation and into the embodied uh, sensation that you're going through. And I kind of loved that Fran is doing that in the context of the pain, go into the pain try to understand the pain, understand what this is really trying to teach you. Um, yeah, there, there was uh, something really powerful in that. So that was an amazing episode. Please check out the links in 
the caption below. Uh, I think Fran's got a freebie, a pain quiz to identify certain things. She also has links to her four-week course um, and and uh, other ways to connect with her on Instagram, etc. So enjoy now. If you would like to learn more about me, your host, Elise Peck, head to my website, elisepeck.com. I've also put that in the podcast notes. Uh, if you would like to up-level your love life, if you'd like to take your love or the or your life to the next level, book in a one-on-one strategy call with me. It's free, uh, subject to availability. Um, but if you can click on that and find a time in the calendar that works, that means you're in. And um, yeah, and that's a short call. Uh, that's a short uh, phone call where we discuss where you currently are, where you want to go. We notice our compatibility. We notice our chemistry, and if it's going to be a good match to help you elevate yourself from where you are right now to the next level in your love life or life. All right. And if you know someone with an inspiring love story, if you know someone with great love in their life, please encourage them to head on to the podcast. Um, and they can do that by going to elisepeck.com, going to book now and clicking on book a podcast interview. And then they can come on to the interview uh, with me and I can unpack their love life so that we can Join in and hear about it, learn from it, take inspiration from it and be in the bubble of love with them. All right. Thank you so much for joining and I look forward to connecting with you on another episode of Love with Elise Peck very soon. Bye for now.